a portrait, addressed to Mrs. Crewe, with the comedy of the school for scandal, by Richard Brinsley Sheridan. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Rhonda Fetterman. A Portrait Addressed to Mrs. Crewe with the Comedy of the School for Scandal By Richard Brinsley Sheridan Tell me, ye prim adepts in scandal's school, Who rail by precept and detract by rule, Lives there no character so tried, so known, So decked with grace, and so unlike your own, That even you assist her fame to raise, Approve by envy, and by silent praise? Attend! A model shall attract your view. Daughters of calumny, I summon you. You shall decide if this is a portrait prove, or a fond creation of the muse and love. Attend, ye virgin critics, shrewd and sage, ye matron censors of this childish age, whose peering eye and wrinkled front declare a fixed antipathy to young and fair, by cunning cautious, or by nature cold, in maiden madness, virulently bold. Attend! Ye skilled to coin the precious tale, creating proof where innuendos fail, whose practised memories cruelly exact omit no circumstance except the fact. Attend all ye who boast, or old, or young, the living libel of the slanderous tongue. So shall my theme, as far contrasted be, as saints by fiends or hymns by calumny. Come, gentle amoret, for neath that name in worthier verse is sung thy beauty's fame. Come, for but thee who seeks the muse, and while celestial blushes check thy conscious smile, with timid grace and hesitating eye the perfect model which I boast supply, Vain muse, couldst thou the humblest sketch create, Of her, or slightest charm, couldst imitate? Could thy blessed strain in kindred colours trace The faintest wonder of her form and face? Poets would study the immortal line, And Reynolds own his art subdued by thine. That art, which well might added lustre give, to nature's best and heaven's superlative. On Granby's cheek might bid new glories rise, or point a purer beam from Devon's eyes. Hard is the task to shape that beauty's praise, whose judgment scorns the homage flattery pays. But praising Amoret we cannot err, no tongue or values heaven or flatters her. Yet she by fate's perverseness, she alone, Would doubt our truth, nor deem such praise her own. Adorning fashion, unadorned by dress, Simple from taste, and not from carelessness, Discreet in gesture, in deportment mild, Not stiff with prudence, nor uncouthly wild. No state has amorate, 
no studied mien. She frowns no goddess, and she moves no queen. The softer charm that in her manner lies is framed to captivate, yet not surprise. It justly suits the expression of her face. Tis less than dignity, and more than grace. On her pure cheek the native hue is such, That formed by heaven to be admired so much. The hand divine, with a less partial care, Might well have fixed a fainter crimson there, And bade the gentle inmate of her breast Enshrined modesty, supply the rest. But who the peril of her lips shall paint? Strip them of smiles, still, still all words are faint. But moving love himself appears to teach Their action, though denied to rule her speech. And thou who seest her speak, and dost not hear, Mourn not her distant accents scape thine ear. Viewing those lips, thou still mayst make pretense To judge of what she says, and swear, tis sense. Clothed with such grace, with such expression fraught, They move in meaning, and they pause in thought. But dost thou farther watch, with charmed surprise, the mild irresolution of her eyes. Curious to mark how frequent they repose in brief eclipse and momentary close. Ah, seest thou not an ambushed Cupid there, too timorous of his charge, with jealous care? Veils and unveils those beams of heavenly light, too full, too fatal else, for mortal sight? Nor yet, such pleasing vengeance fond to meet, In pardoning dimples, hope a safe retreat. What though her peaceful breast should ne'er allow, Subduing frowns to arm her altered brow? By love I swear, and by his gentle wiles, More fatal still the mercy of her smiles. Thus lovely, thus adorned, possessing all, Of bright or fair, that can to woman fall. The height of vanity might well be thought Prerogative in her, and nature's fault. Yet, gentle amoret, in mind supreme, As well as charms, rejects the vainer theme, And half mistrustful of her beauty's store, she barbs with wit those darts too keen before. Read in all knowledge that her sex should reach, Though Greville or the Muse should deign to teach. Fond to improve, nor timorous to discern, How far it is a woman's grace to learn. In Miller's dialect she would not prove Apollo's priestess, but Apollo's love. Graced by those signs with truth delights to own, The timid blush and mild submitted tone. Whate'er she says, though sense appear throughout, Displays the tender hue of female doubt. Decked with that charm, how lovely wit appears, 
how graceful science, when that robe she wears. Such, too, her talents, and her bent of mind, as speak a sprightly heart by thought refined. A taste for mirth, by contemplation schooled, a turn for ridicule, by candor ruled, a scorn of folly, which she tries to hide, an awe of talent, which she owns with pride. Peace, idle muse, no more thy strain prolong, but yield a theme thy warmest praises wrong. Just to her merit, though thou canst not raise thy feeble verse, behold, the acknowledged praise, has spread conviction through the envious train, and cast a fatal gloom o'er scandal's reign. And lo, each pallid hag with blistered tongue mutters assent to all thy zeal has sung, owns all the colors just, the outline true, thee my inspirer, and my model, crew. End of a portrait. This recording is in the public domain.